0: Welcome to the Nobody Told Me That podcast. My name is Teresa Duncan, and my goal is to share information that you probably weren't thinking about. I love preparing my friends for situations that may come completely out of the blue. I also want to share with you many of the tidbits I picked up over the years. If you absolutely have to tune out before the end of the show, make sure you check out the show notes for more details and information on today's topic. And thank you so much for making me a part of your day. We are back with another episode of nobody told me that and my good friend rita zamora is back welcome rita hi
1: thanks for the invite back
0: absolutely <laughs> so last time we talked it was before it was back in february can you believe it like it feels like a lifetime ago oh that was that was a different world <laughs> for sure and and i think maybe even right around the same time it's the last time we saw each other because that was back in chicago i know So we talked about social media back then, and we had no idea what was going to happen in the coming month. Let's talk social media post-COVID, or I guess we're still mid-COVID, so mid-COVID. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you're seeing out there, and I want to hear what your practices are doing. Take it away.
1: Yeah. So we have a little bit of everything going on right now out there in this. I, I don't want to call it the new normal because I don't think it is a new normal. I just keep calling it the the next phase, this phase that we're in right now. So what we're seeing is that practices are either, you know, doing great with their social media, they're posting frequently and posting all the right stuff and doing awesome. And then there's other practices who are just posting on occasion You know, and then there's some practices that are really busy right now. They just feel like they don't have time to fit that in. And the things that they're dealing with in general are, you know, challenges with filling the schedule right now, you know, because we have that whole dip due to the the office closures. Now, some practices are struggling to fill their schedules. Some practices are, you know, looking to attract new patients. Um, There's some practices that are really busy, um, but I think that a lot of practices have realized right now that we were sort of in a boom time before all of this happened and and they shut their social media communication down. I think at least half of the practices that were, there was an RDH magazine survey um, back in, I think it was April or May, they surveyed about 2200 hygienists and about half of them said that their office wasn't communicating with the patients at all about what was going on.
0: That's amazing. That is crazy. Why would you, like, somebody has to pick up the phone at least. I know you're gonna lay people off, but maybe it's your wife or your husband if you're the doctor. Somebody has to pick up that phone and answer.
1: Yeah. And I think they were probably answering phones um, and things like that, but they weren't like, you know, sending a newsletter update with, you know, an email newsletter or posting on social media or calling the patients or anything like that. They were just sort
0: of in ghost mode. And
1: (laughs) um, we have a little bit of everything going on out there.
0: Well now, so you and I kept in contact as always throughout the whole pandemic and through the summer and really were relying on each other. And I know one thing that you shared on our mastermind calls was that you still had clients who were wanting to post and keeping that going so tie that into the people who didn't post during this time do you think there was a lot of patients like like my doctor has ghosted me did your clients pick up those patients on the back end mm-hmm. like patients that didn't have a home anymore
1: Yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of movement going on out there. You know, there's that old saying about you should tell your spouse that you love them before someone else does. (laughs) So I think the same applies to you know not only dentistry but a lot of other businesses whether it's a hair salon or you know any kind of a service business maybe it's your favorite restaurant or any other business if you're not hearing from them at all it makes you wonder like what's going on with them are they hiding something did they go away is everything okay you know so i think it's really important um to just let your patients know everything's okay everything's fine and Thankfully, we saw, of course, all of our clients kept consistently posting, even when they were outside of their office, letting patients know that they're spending time with their families or they're homeschooling their kids, you know, temporarily or whatever was going on. But saying, you know, we're here if you have a dental emergency, we're going to take care of you, which was great, you know, and it's not too late for those practices that did ghost on their patients to, you know, start ramping things back up again.
0: There's the backlog that, I mean, I think all of us had to go through. Like we, we had to get our patients back in, reschedule the ones we had to cancel. And everybody's saying this October is Sucktober or whatever they're calling it. Cause there's nobody is, you know, a lot of people are not busy and it's because we finally caught up with the backlog and now people are holding on to their appointments I know that that's a big thing on social media, people talking about it on Facebook and Instagram, but I think it's really 50-50. I'm I'm finding some offices are really busy and some offices they are going through the slowdown. And so when you're talking to one of your clients, do they call you and they're like freaking out that they don't have the schedule full? Like, Is there an emergency conversation that you have? at
1: that time. No, I mean, thankfully, our clients, um, no one's called me, thankfully. Um, you know, hopefully they're doing well. We have a, a pretty good sized client base, but I think everyone seems to be doing pretty well. Some of the themes that our clients have been asking us to to post about are, are things like membership plans, which you and I have talked about. There's things yeah. like You know, making sure that they're letting patients know that they're offering clear aligner therapy, like they offer OrthoFX or whatever type of clear aligner therapy they're offering, or wanting to make sure their patients know that they offer dental implants and that they're there and available. And trying to be positive um, is what we've been doing too, sending out positive messages or sharing more and more images of the doctor and the team outside of the office and outside of the PPE and show you know sharing their human side still so that's kind of what we've been focusing on for our clients
0: you've always been a big proponent of like the pets and the family <laughs> life and the outside of the office and I think now more than ever because nobody wants to see all this PPE they don't want to see pictures of teams like wrapped up like you know spacesuits and all that so I think it's even more important now to show that there is a personal side to the practices and Rena's laughing because of course our dogs we have you know the mascots are here so <laughs> jingling in the background i know I, I usually edit it out but you know what this is a month friend so i'm just gonna leave it I, I <laughs> they're mean, having a wrestle fest they really are it's very loud inca and Griffin are. And it's funny because I did a webinar last night and the host, it was a, a small study club meeting, and the host actually said, We want Griffin to be on the, the couch, you know, because on the back of the couch is where he sits for a lot of my webinars.
1: Your co-presenter. Yeah, he's my
0: little mascot. So so that's a good example of using social media because I'll tell you when I post pictures of Griffin or any of the other dogs on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I get a lot of comments. I get a lot of likes. And of course, on Instagram, you use the hashtags, right? Hashtags are still as important as ever. It seems to be. I don't. I haven't really caught up with it. I use hashtags. What? What am I? Should I be doing something different? Or is there a new strategy with hashtags?
1: No, let's talk about hashtags. But I did want to make sure that I mentioned also there is some substance behind this positive message. There was actually some research recently, and you love Pinterest, I know, Teresa. <laughs> um, this was actually. Um, Some data that came out of Pinterest that said the majority of the searches that they're doing right now are for positive messages and inspirational messages. So I think that that's really important right now for you know practices to really focus on everything from looking at the details. Like I try to avoid anything like a patient's face that's grimacing. Like you know how sometimes you have that stock art where it's like, oh, you know, if you have a toothache, I'm like, no negative images, like try and keep everything positive as much as you can, positive, safe, comforting. Like that's what people really want and need right now. So I think that, that that's really important to mention. We actually have data to back that up now.
0: I believe it. We are in funky times. I believe it. I believe people want to see like happy things. And um, there's a, I'll link it in the show notes, but there's a, a, an Instagram account I love. It's called Twig Seeds. And it's just little cute uplifting oh. drawings of birds which if you met me you wouldn't think that little cute birds are what makes me smile but i love these little birds because they are so positive so i can see that everything's just so weird right mm-hmm. now 2020 is just the year of the weird it is it is i can see the uplifting being very positive so so you're recommending instead of like saying have a toothache and then showing somebody with like a grimacing face you're recommending Here's what we
1: can do for you. Like, what's the alternate message? Mm-hmm. So, saying, you know, if you have a dental emergency, you know that we're here for you. We're going to take great care of you. And just maybe having a picture of your team member smiling. And even if they have their mask on, you know, if they're in the office kind of smiling with their eyes or whatever, or, you know, taking pictures outside of the office, you know, um, now that the at least the weather is nice in most of our areas, that you can go outside and take a smiling picture or, just keeping the message and the images positive is really important.
0: Let me ask you about pictures because I know like giving, having a doctor and a team have headshots and all that is like grueling because nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to get dressed up and all that kind of stuff. Do you recommend that they keep current on that like once a year or even more frequent or do, would you rather just do casual pics?
1: Well, I think a mix of both is great right now. It's kind of challenging with, you know, everything going on to get a photographer either into the office or coordinating it outside of the office. So, you know, our cameras today, our smartphones can take these great pictures. I think, you know, whatever's most convenient for you. Some practices, I know they'll have a photographer either come and take pictures of them and their team for a short period of time. You can kind of stage more candid looking photos in your office and and that works great because then you can use those photos throughout the Weeks and months ahead, but um, right now I just think the big focus is on showing your your joys and your human side outside the office because we see what's happening even on for anyone that does still watch television. If we watch, you know, the news and even you know some of the daytime television shows where they're interviewing a guest, the guest is on a screen. Like people are still having interviews from home, whether they're celebrities or you know, people without all the fancy hair and makeup. So I think we just, people just want to see the realness about you
0: more than anything. When you and I first met, I don't know, a gazillion years ago, (laughs) the stock photos and ads were always very slick. Like you had professional settings and the hair was perfect. And, you know, that's what the ads were like. It was almost like, if, like in the back of the airport seats, you would have those airport magazines, right? And those ads were so slick. And yeah. now it's like, hey, here, you know, I'm walking home from the office, or I'm walking to my car after the office, or hey, we're, you know, I'm pouring up a model. I really love that we've gone in that direction because it just seemed unapproachable those that old way of marketing. Mm-hmm. And who has the time to, you know, make sure that you know you're not shining and your hair's all done and everything all the time? People are going to come in and see you looking totally different. That's what I never understood. That was the style back then. So now, as far as Instagram goes, let's go back to the hashtags because yes. I want to I want to know what I'm doing. Am I yes. doing stuff right? Wrong? <laughs> what? Tell me. <laughs> yeah.
1: When it comes to Instagram in particular, and then Facebook was dabbling even more just recently with hashtags, but I, they just don't seem to be taking off really there like they do with Instagram. And for Instagram, you know, for practices in particular, because they're a brick and mortar business, they um, should be using location hashtags and or geotags where they can tag where their practice location is in. And there is research and data to support that, you know, using geotags and location hashtags, it's actually going to help you to increase your visibility and the engagement that you're getting. So uh, I see a lot of practices out there that are making posts that aren't using hashtags for their location, and they're just missing out on tremendous visibility. So if you're out there and you're on Instagram and you're not using your location hashtags, start using them and realize there's more than one hashtag for your city. Like if you're in Denver, for example, we have hashtag Denver, but we also have hashtag downtown Denver, hashtag Lodo, hashtag Mile High City, you know, so there's all sorts of variations
0: of that. So I'm in the city of Centerville in Virginia. So I probably could hashtag if I was a dental office, like I don't want insurance people coming to my house to learn insurance but if I were a dental office then I would hashtag like Centerville and then even my local neighborhood maybe oh yeah because we have different subdivisions and they're pretty big and they have their own Facebook groups and pages and all that kind of stuff and next door and all that so so I what I'm hearing is even down to the neighborhoods like if you're servicing a couple different subdivisions in the area would you hashtag those as well yes for
1: sure absolutely hashtag you know, all of those and mix them up, you know, you don't use the same ones every time you can mix them up. And then you can also include, you know, hashtag dentist, hashtag dental care, hashtag, you know, cosmetic dentistry, things like that. But the location ones are the most important ones. Those are the ones that are really going to benefit you. And then you can even use some fun hashtags like hashtag, we love our patients or hashtag new patients, welcome or whatever. And people are not necessarily going to be searching those hashtags. Um, That's kind of more of like adding a little bit of personality and some spice to your post.
0: (laughs) I read an article a long time ago that like, if you were doing dentistry, it's such a large amount of people that use that hashtag, like over a million people like use that hashtag, right? Or a million instances. It's very hard to float up to the top of that category. So you should do something a little bit more specific. So I think like Centerville dentist, maybe Mm -hmm. like I'll float to the top quickly with that, but Virginia Dennis, maybe not so much. I don't, is, am I on the right track with that? Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, thank you for adding that. That's a really good point. And I think the biggest, you know, the biggest bang for your buck is going to come in those location hashtags and your geotags. And then, you know, secondarily, you're looking at if you did use hashtag dentist or hashtag cosmetic dentist or whatever, you're, you're not necessarily going to get that same bang for your buck of like, oh, I'm going to show up at the top of search for that. But it's more so when people click on your post and see your location and then see, oh, hashtag dentist, cosmetic dentistry, veneers, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. then it's kind of more of a way of making it easy for them to scan and see what you offer. And then maybe they'll go and read the actual post text
0: (laughs) well and how would you find out whether or not the hashtag is working like where do you click on the post to see how it's working like what they're clicking on how how do I find that out you could just
1: click on the hashtag on your post and it should take you to an indexed section where there's all these other posts that have the same hashtag in common do we
0: hashtag stories too I don't usually hashtag stories I usually tag people but am I supposed to be hashtagging too
1: you can yeah and you can you can tag other people and use hashtags and you know my favorite is to use stickers and share your personality and it's a place to be behind the scenes and again I'm coming back to that like we want to Make people smile. We're in the smile business and keep the messaging positive. Um, so that's a great place, Instagram stories and Facebook stories, to share some things that are a little bit maybe even outside of your comfort zone, whether it's just a picture or a video snippet or something to share something unique and different than what you're sharing on your regular timelines.
0: Well, and of course, I'll, I'll share your social media tags or accounts um, in the show notes, but you guys should follow Rita's um, Instagram for sure because she posts pictures of cute little Winnie, her oh, dog Winifred. There's a lot of
1: dogs and nature pictures there, I would warn them. It's weaved in with the
0: dental. It's actually in my description on Instagram there will be pictures of dogs. Like <laughs> it's just going to happen. I mean, I can't help it. They're my life. So <laughs> So yes, yeah, so, but Winnie is adorable. And Ariel too. You don't post as many pictures of Ariel as you do Winnie.
1: I know. My little senior kitty. She's usually always sleeping on my lap. So
0: <laughs> so Instagram stories has been a little bit less consistent for me just because I honestly, I kind of forget about it. So on your platform, are, are you prompting your clients to make sure that they're hitting all of that? Like, how do you say, I mean, you give them the option and, and I should back up a second. Rita has this really awesome product called connect 90 and that's how she's getting this information to her clients and it helps them to post. When you have all these different options can I do one image for all of that? Or am I supposed to change stuff up? I think that's where I get confused.
1: It depends on where they're at and what, what their situation is. So if it's someone that comes to us, you know, we've just had a new um, client that came to us last week and it's a startup practice. Like they're just getting started with setting up a Facebook and Instagram and Google my business presence, you know, so starting at square one and for them We're working on the basics of just, let's make sure that we're posting content consistently. And we do that through our Connect 90 program where we can plan out their content on an online calendar. And then we usually plan it out for the month ahead. And then once they create their content in there, we give them ideas. They basically will go in and personalize their content. And then it automatically gets scheduled to Facebook, Instagram, Google my business.
0: So as far as scheduling, have you found like a secret sauce to when when the best time is to schedule? Like what's working for your clients?
1: We usually try and mix it up a little bit. I mean, there are certain times like early in the morning or in the evening or on the weekends. But generally, you know, when you look at the middle of the weekday, uh, there's not really going to be a lot of activity there, but you never know. I mean, you can try and just experiment with different days and times. Usually, Fridays I say are like the worst. Um, anytime after like lunch, because I think people are like on TGIF and they're not on social media. They're getting ready for their weekends. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got other practices who are doing really awesome with you know all of their social media, and they're dabbling more in Facebook Stories and Instagram Stories wow. and things like that. Now we've got Winifred
0: barking. I was going to say that's not any of mine. Oh my goodness. This is a dog friendly podcast.
1: So let's circle back to what you said about the different images for different platforms or different content for different platforms. So definitely in an ideal world, we would have different content on our Facebook and on our Instagrams and absolutely always different content for Instagram and Facebook stories because our newsfeed space is so precious, that real estate, you know, and so we want to make sure that when people are seeing you in their newsfeed, like it is kind of my pet peeve when I see the same content that people post, especially from a personal profile on Facebook and on Instagram. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to unfollow you from one or the other because you're showing the same exact thing. So... Rita, um, have
0: you unfollowed (laughs) me? No. I do that. No, I (laughs) don't.
1: And like you know, I love you when I'm liking your content. That's the exact same on Facebook and Instagram. It means I really
0: heart you. (laughs) (laughs) I heart you too. But you know that I never really thought of that. I actually have never thought about that. So I should switch it up. It's kind of
1: crazy because you're like taking up space on like you know both news feeds. So it's like mix it up for me, and that's why I'm really careful. I almost never post the exact same thing on my Instagram, which is more personal. I would have to say it's like 80% personal and maybe even 10% business, 20% depending. but I always try and put different content on Instagram because I feel like our followers deserve that and and it's hard you know to get that visibility more and more so on Facebook and on Instagram. so, oh, I'm
0: gonna have to change things up. Start mixing it up, girl. Because I was being lazy. I was making like one set of graphics for Pinterest and the stories and then Pinterest too. I do love Pinterest, but I love being on Pinterest more than I like posting on Pinterest. But I will say I get clicks back to my blog or not my blog, my podcast from Pinterest. So it's been a proven method for me. And when my insurance, you know, re-release class, my re-release of my insurance class comes out, I, you know, there's a lot of searches for dental insurance and I show up in those. So I think Pinterest is a good place for me to be, but it's work. You know, I love it. Like I said, but it is, it's work. And so maybe I do, maybe I do need to connect my
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's helpful when you have that content calendar. That's why you can, with the right content calendar, you can copy your post. So it doesn't have to be incredibly time consuming. It really kind of does take a village and at least this technology. So if you had a Facebook post, you could make a copy of it and maybe put a different image in there you know, a slightly different image or put a, you know, video snippet or something in in these different posts to mix it up a little bit. And then, you know, you can make copies of that content if you wanted to for your Google My Business. For you, for, you know, people that aren't a brick and mortar business, if you're more in the consulting realm or something like that, a different type of a key opinion leader in dental, you might also want to make a copy of your content for your LinkedIn personal profile or a LinkedIn company page or for your Twitter or whatever. So if you are just scheduling spontaneously, you're either doing it for a hobby or you're not expecting to get a lot of results for it because you have to be planning ahead your content in order to be strategic and to help you support your business goals.
0: Okay. So we talked about a couple different things and I wanna I wanna get on those. So I want to talk about LinkedIn and Google my business, but you said content calendar and so let's pretend that nobody knows what that is. Can you explain what you mean by content calendar? Mm -hmm. Like how much of a calendar do you plan?
1: You know, sometimes when I say content calendar, people are like, oh, I'm going to plan everything out on Google Calendar. And that really is creating more work for you. So it's better than doing nothing. But what you want to do is use a content calendar slash scheduling tool. Facebook has their free tool, Facebook Creator. However, it's very buggy right now because of some the new changes that they've made and is not user-friendly. Um, to be honest, the most user-friendly calendar and scheduling tool is our calendar on Connect 90. And I say that with confidence, not to boast, but just that I've been doing this now for 10 years. I wanted to find something that had a great user interface. We partnered with a company that has the technology that helps, you know, to make this so effective for Facebook, Instagram, Google, my business, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, So what we've done, I think is really special, not only with that, that you can go online and create your content and then build everything in there, collaborate with other team members, delegate. If you need to have someone with a second set of eyes, approve the content, it's very robust but the best part of it, the frosting on all of that, is that we give our clients the content suggestions. We give them um, options for images, um, everything that they can personalize, so they make it their own. We really nudge them to do that. We're like, don't rely on us. You know, here's the exact photo that you need for this particular post. I get all lit up when I talk about that because I just feel really good about the program. And then we're there for them for support in our private Facebook group. And
0: I remember when you were way back when, when you were vetting the companies, because you were looking at a couple different ones and you went up to visit the owner of that technology like you were really like putting all these companies through the hoop. So listeners, when, when she says she vetted the company, she really did. (laughs) She got on a plane and was like, tell me this, 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 and this. And it was, you know, she came back very excited. I remember you came back very excited about, about it. um, When you finally got it, you know, inked up and set to go. Let's go back to Google my business and I'll link the previous episode in the show notes. But the last time you and I talked, you were saying Google My Business, and if I can remember correctly, you said it's the biggest piece of online real estate that is out there for it for us, and it is free, and people really should take advantage of it. And I remember going, what the hell? Because <laughs> I, I was like, what? And I went and did it. I opened up my account and linked it and everything, and I started posting to it. And I do get quite a few hits from Google My Business on the podcast apps and on my book and things like that. So I was thrilled. To know that I, this was something totally out of the blue for me. How are your clients doing with Google My Business? Because it's brick and mortar for your clients. How are Mm -hmm. they doing with
1: it? Yeah, I mean, Google My Business is absolutely critical for brick and mortar businesses, and you know, it is the most important piece of online real estate for the dental practice. And um, it's really important for practices to know that not only is it the place where your map and reviews live, but you can also post photos there, and a lot of practices don't know that you can also post content there. So what the content does is it expands the length of your Google My Business profile and just gives you more free online real estate. So every practice should be posting there at least once every seven days, because after seven days, that content, you know, it expires and then Google archives it so people can push, you know, click on a Uh, View all button, and then they'd be able to see all of the previous posts. But it's just free visibility on Google for practices. And so you should absolutely be posting content on there. There's even um, automatic a little option for buttons that you can add if you want to say call now or learn more or whatever else. So
0: I love the buttons because I do. I get emails from it. And you know, when I had. I had a couple webinars and I, you know, put the link in there, you know, learn more and it went right to it and you can see, you know, who takes, how many actions are taken. So I love those buttons. I honestly wish Instagram had, you know, more that I didn't have to pay for because it's such a handy thing to have. I don't like paying for ads, but I know I have to do it every now and then. Yes. I know. I know. Yes. You're always saying ads work, ads work, but I'm cheap.
1: Even this conservative boosting is going to make a game-changing difference for you. We'll have to get you on board with that at some point.
0: You need to push me on that on our mastermind.
1: Yeah. Okay. So
0: then let's circle back to LinkedIn, which if you're in office, I don't know, you're going to have to tell me, but I know as a consultant and speaker, and I know there's a lot of consultants and speakers and industry people that listen to the podcast, I get a lot of industry action on there. And it's led to some consulting gigs. It's led to some speaking gigs. I really love LinkedIn, but it is such a different audience. It's not the patient audience. Mm -hmm. How do you explain that to your clients?
1: Yeah. Well, for a dentist and a dental practice, it's not necessarily going to be beneficial, especially for the individual practitioner. Um, The dentist or specialist is probably going to get a lot of, you know, people that are just trying to sell them stuff. We see that too, you know, They could set up a company page if they wanted to and post content there, but I just don't think that they're really going to get the same benefit that they would as far as visibility and interaction and engagement on LinkedIn at all for a dental practice or a specialist, as they would on Google My Business, Instagram, Facebook. That's more important for them. But like you said, for um, anyone in the industry, a key opinion leader or a dental business, then definitely LinkedIn has all sorts of new opportunities. Um, They're pretty. Excited there. I think they might have like some new leadership in place that's really working hard. I thought I heard that LinkedIn was going to be releasing LinkedIn stories, but that LinkedIn Live is rolling out and they've got all kinds of new options. They finally have the different emotions that you can use. People are still kind of conservative about that on LinkedIn. I'm like, what's the opportunity to use like the clapping and these different types of emotions instead of just the like button? But I think it's getting even better there, too.
0: There's a lot of actually free courses, too. So if you're interested in doing better professionally, they have a lot Mm -hmm, of free courses. Of course, the free courses lead to paid courses, which is good because you can get a flavor of whether or not that instructor does it for you. I know I've sat through some clunker webinars. It's good to know that before I spent the money to take like a whole curriculum. I do appreciate LinkedIn. I think it serves a really good purpose for our for somebody like you, me and industry people. But yeah, for patients I don't I can't imagine a patient going to find a dentist on LinkedIn. So, with Google My Business, let me circle back to that cuz I really am fascinated by it. Does it lead to a lot of conversions for your clients or is it more of a let's just get you on the search Well, I think when we look
1: at the number one uh, marketing tool today, it it's online reviews. I mean, that's what I keep hearing over and over again from our clients and other, you know, dental professionals during webinars and just conversations that I have with key opinion leaders and, and other people so Online reviews are the number one marketing tool today. The most powerful online platform is your Google reviews, um, you know, on your Google My Business profile, or are your Google reviews, I should say. And then Facebook, you know, you've got your reviews there. So those are two of the big ones. And then, um, so when you look at it in terms of that, your Google My Business profile is incredibly valuable for that. And then also anytime that a practice is showing up in search, oftentimes, you know, if somebody googles a doctor's name or the practice name, that's the first, you know, thing that pops up on the right that's got all these different different options for information that the practice can plug in. So they can put their office hours and hopefully people have done this. They've logged in recently and uploaded as many photos as they can and updated their practice information. There's all kinds of I was just speaking with Jeff Gladnick recently from Get Great Dental Websites, and he was explaining about different COVID-related options that are available, too, that he recommends you go in and populate those, too. Oh, really? Like,
0: basically, to say how if you're compliant.
1: I think so. Different different options. And then I thought he said you could even plug in like a link for your teledentistry options and things like that. So, I mean, whenever these platforms give you these options, especially Google, to be able to plug in information, you want to plug that information in there because it's it's usually one-time work with the exception of the posting that you can pre-schedule like on our content connect 90 you can pre-schedule your content for Google my business so it's definitely well worth it.
0: What we're seeing now in the industry is people are not at their jobs anymore. People are getting hired to do new jobs or maybe new responsibilities are being, you know, put upon them because there's been shifts in there. One job that kind of gets shuffled around if there's not one dedicated person is the marketing of the practice. So I'm thinking if I'm an accidental manager right now, I've kind of leaned into it and I, I, now I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to pay attention to this. I mean, how does that look when I say, Rita, help me? I mean, is there is there a way for us to work together aside from being a whole big customer? I always joke and
1: lately because I'm saying it takes a village because people will come up to us. And I'm lucky because I'm surrounded by a great team now, when I started out, I was all on my own. And even with us collaborating together, we'll be like, oh, did you hear about this? There's this happening and this is going on. So things are changing all the time. Now we've got Instagram Reels, all sorts of different options. But what that comes to at the end of the day is that we we now need to have more than ever a system in place. So a lot of practices have SOPs and other types of procedures in place where it's what helps them to deliver the quality dentistry that they deliver and that consistency and keep things organized and save time. So practices really need to, and I know from surveying clients and, and individuals that I talk with on webinars and in programs that the only about 30% of practices are actually scheduling their content on a content calendar and using an online scheduling tool. So now is the time to do that. You need to do that and start thinking ahead about, you know, what is it that we want to make sure that we're getting that message out to the patients, whether it's your insurance benefits are expiring or, you know, just letting patients know what treatments you have to offer. Because if you are offering clear aligner therapy and you want to be doing more, you know, dental implants or whatever else it might be then you need to let your patients know that you offer those treatments. And the only way that you're going to remember to include those business related topics, whether it's thanking your patients for referrals or whatever else it might be is by planning ahead, you know, for those topics in your content.
0: So let's go back to this accidental like manager type, because I I'm hearing it all over that. Like, okay, I now I'm in charge of all this stuff. So I'm thinking of myself as a young manager and I just wanted to like, I wanted to just get stuff done. How much is this going? How much time is this going to take for me? Because time was very valuable to me as a manager because I was doing 500 things. When I'm spending time with you, is am I going to be spending a lot of time with you? Like, what what does that look like as far as meeting with you? And is most of the work to get the system going, and then it's kind of like a, a touch point? Like, tell me how that works because I'm trying to figure out if this is going to be a bigger hassle than you know, expected. And I say that only because, and you and I have worked with services like this, where we think we're paying for something to save time and it ends up being
1: mm.
0: like, we're teaching them.
1: Yes. Cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, first of all, did want to say like props to any of the accidental insurance or not accidental insurance. I'm sure there's accidental insurance coordinators out there too, <laughs> and office managers, but you know, sometimes that can lead to an awesome thing. Like um, one of my dental besties, you know, Lucy uh, Berardi here in Denver, Teresa back in the day, way, way back in the day, you know, she came and worked at a practice that I was working at. And she started out as the insurance coordinator and financial coordinator, I think. And then now she's a practice administrator for over 25 team members. So she kind of was like an accidental, Office manager, too, and then ended up, you know, just finding her brilliance in that role. So, so kudos to you out there. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know, there are some programs that are like, oh, it's going to do this. But with our program, we absolutely are going to be saving you time and making you more effective. That's one of our goals. And I mean, I use this type of a system for my own personal and business social media management as well. So um, we've been doing this now for 10 years. We've tried all different variations of different um, options. And what we're in today is a situation where we're almost like different little media companies, whether it's a dental practice or a consultant or a dental business of any kind, we are all media companies as well. And we have to keep publishing updates and content about our business. It's really content marketing, which you and I have been talking about, Teresa, for so long since we've been writing our blogs a long time. But that's really the new form of marketing. And um, you kind of have to do it. Uh, Social media is sort of like the new website. It's what lets people know that you're legit and current. And so finding a system to put into place, which we have for you, and be happy to offer any of your listeners a tour. We can hop on a Zoom. They can Visit Connect 90 and book a, a an appointment with me online. We can have a tour and then I'd offer your listeners like a 30-day complimentary trial if they want to just try it out and see because we want to make sure that it's a good fit and it's a win for you
0: too. I will say that being having to be an expert in Facebook, Instagram, and all of that is just overwhelming, especially for somebody who's just trying to get their business going. And and the so the calendar is so important. I really you are, again, one of the people that taught me about the calendar years and years ago. And I realize now that I'm home, I haven't been keeping up my own social calendar just because I'm home. I'm doing all sorts of other stuff. I was not, it's more free form now than it used to be. I used to be pretty regimented <laughs> in what I do. And I'm seeing, I mean, you can look at my Instagram and Facebook. I haven't been posting as much because I've gotten out of the habit of doing the calendar. And so I, you know, I, this is really like kicking my butt. I really need to get back on, on the oh, horse on that. this. Every time I talk to you, I'm like, Oh my God, Google my business. Oh my God, it's a content calendar. I have to get back on it. But again, it's like Rita's saying, if you don't have the system, if you don't have the system in place, then it's not going to serve you at all. Then nothing's going to get posted consistently. You're going to be like, it's going to be really weird. Like you're going to have something really nice, like a motivational quote. And then you're going to have like just some weird <laughs> picture of an implant or something. I mean, I can see when a practice has inconsistent messaging, so I get it. And you don't want to miss things like boss's Day and Dental Assistant, you know, week and National Dentist
1: Day and things like that. And so you can still have the free form and that spontaneity. You know, I encourage people to continue on with that. But you want to have things, have your system in place so you're like, oh, look at my content I have planned for the month ahead, hitting all of your, you know, strategic points that you needed to hit to make sure that you're going to reach your practice goals, whether it's thanking patients for referrals, letting them know that you're available, that you're accepting new patients. What kind of patients do you want to attract? Sometimes they're like, we want to attract young families and kids. I'm like, you don't have any kids anywhere or anything kid related in your free form content. So,
0: oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, you're saying like if there's a whole Instagram page full of old people and implants, then you're not going to attract PDA. That, that, yeah, makes, I mean, it makes sense. It makes total sense. So, you're, I think listeners, if you just take a look at your own social media and see if you're doing any of the things I'm currently doing, then you need to cover it.
1: <laughs> and then get hooked
0: up with that. I, I really am seeing how important it is to stay connected to people, especially with this, you know, everybody's home now. I mean, I know our office people are going into the office every day, but a lot of our patients are staying home and they're not coming out. And this is really the best way to keep in touch with them now more than ever. You're right though. If somebody doesn't have a good profile, it's weird. Like I'm not going to go to a service if they don't have a good quality Instagram or Facebook.
1: And the opposite. True. They can, it can really draw you in and go, Oh, you know, look at these people seem really nice. They seem happy.
0: Well, and I'm trying to get my, you know, you met my best friend, Raina. Um, She's out in Aurora, Colorado. She's a massage therapist. And she's, you know, she's like, I need to do this social media thing because her patients, her clients, when they come in, they're always referrals. Right. And they're like, why don't you have a Facebook page or an Instagram page? Because I want to send people to you. And it's hard for them to remember to send people, like the name and the email, but if they could just say, go look her up on Instagram, it would be a slam dunk. So now she's starting to hear, all right, I need to get off it. Yay. A new convert. Yay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's super important. Now I got work to do. This is great, Rita. Well, you
1: know what? It's actually going to make your life easier. So it's like you said, you know, it can be scary. And I'm glad that you shared that with me because it can be scary. People are like, oh, what are you going to get me into? It's one more thing. But I think once you set yourself up on this system, There's no going back because then, like you said, it's just going to be spontaneous and, you know, free form. And that's fine if it's just for fun or if it's a hobby or whatever. But if it's to support your business goals, your practice goals, then you have to have a plan in place. This is actually going to make it so much easier to get everything out of your head and into an online calendar. Well, it is, and it's and
0: a true, it's a true position. I mean, marketing departments, I mean, DSOs have marketing departments, big offices with multiple locations have marketing departments or a marketing person. I know most of the specialists I work with I have marketing people like full time marketing people for their study clubs or whatever. So yeah. So us accidental managers, you know, don't fit this on your plate, you know, do something about it, reach out and, Rita's always generous with her time, too. I found that. I never hear anything bad about you. I th- Shoo.
1: Well, you know, we can't please everybody all the time, but um, hopefully we put enough of ourselves out there that you draw in the right people that have those similar qualities. So,
0: So how can they find you, Rita?
1: Anywhere on social media. Luckily, I have a pretty unique name. They can Google my name, Rita Zamora, visit my website at connect90.com if they want to learn more about our Connect90 program. I would love to hear from anyone if they have questions or feedback, any way I can help.
0: What's that Connect90 about? Where'd you come up with that name?
1: Oh, gosh, I'm glad that you asked that because, you know, my um, business name after my name is Rita Zamora Connections because people would always say, oh, you always connect me with, you know, the right people or, you know, I love the thought of connecting dentists with their patients. And so it's really all tied into relationships at the end of the day. So when we were looking for a name for our program, I thought, you know, it's really all about dentists connecting with patients through their relationships and through their human side on social media. And, 90 minutes is what we have, we've deconstructed and figured out it takes at least 90 minutes a month for a dental practice to really personalize their content because I did not want to be putting generic stock imaging, the same content for any practice out there. I wanted to really nudge them to more personalized content and really help them keep growing more and more in that personalized content. So we said 90 minutes is the minimum amount of time you're going to need to spend in order to personalize your content. So that's the Connect and the 90 and it all came together. You know, thank you for
0: asking. No, I'm glad you didn't say Connect 360 because I don't have that much time. So Connect <laughs> 90 sounds, sounds reasonable. So, okay. And Rita's information is going to be in the show notes and I urge you to get in touch with her. She's just a lovely person in addition to being a wealth of knowledge. And I think that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much, Rita. I appreciate you being on.
1: Thank you. Anytime.
0: Again, dear listeners, I always, always appreciate that you make me a part of your life. Thank you so much. We're all super busy, so thank you for making time for me today. The show notes will have any links that we referenced in this episode. You can also find links for my book and for my live events and webinar schedule. I speak often around the country on management and insurance issues. Come hang out with me in one of my classes. I promise you'll laugh and learn.